0: Hi guys, the side and today we are actually shooting for the first ever episode of Daily DBA, and I'm really excited to shoot this show because this show is geared towards answering all your DBA-related questions right on YouTube. So for the next one year, I'll be directly answering all your DBA-related questions right on YouTube, and I'm excited for this show. Let's see you on the other side. hi guys welcome to the daily DBA show I'm your host Arun Kumar and my goal with this show is to help you become an Oracle database expert so what is daily DBA show basically I will be compiling all the questions that I get in email messages text or maybe whatsapp and then answer all those questions right on to this show I promise to go live every single day for the next one year and we'll see if we have to carry it forward probably into uh, 2021 or 2022. But for this one year I'll be coming live every single day and I will be answering all the DBA questions that I personally get every single day in this show so that each one of you can benefit and I really mean it because if one student asks a question, definitely there would be some or the other student who will have the similar or same question. So it's better we all learn together. I highly recommend each one of you who's watching this video or who will be following this daily DBA show to put down any kind of doubts, questions, comments below the video so that I might answer those questions probably in the next daily DBA show. Alright that being said let us start our show with the first question of 2020. So the first question we have is in a live production database if I want to add a column in one of the most used tables what will happen? So in this case it all depends on how you want to use that column Basically do you plan to create an index on that column? Do you want to keep that column null? Will you be inserting data into that newly added column only from the next records that are going to come inside the table? It depends what exactly you want to do with the column. Adding just a column will not have direct impact on any table. You can add as many columns as you want, but the complexity increases when you try to create an index on that column. When you try to add data into that column, so technically just by adding a column does not have a direct performance impact on any of the database. Also there might be a challenge when you are adding a column which has a constraint. So if you plan to add a constraint to the column, probably a check constraint and other kind of constraints, then you need to make sure that you have data for existing records in the newly added column because when you add a new column for the existing records those values will be blank. Also the other challenge that you might have when you add a column is let's take you have an application that is using select star from the table. Now in that case your application might start throwing error because now it is selecting one more column which might not be supported by the front end so be very careful if your application is not well designed and if your application is selecting everything from the table then this will be a challenge but I'm pretty sure all the developers out there they do not actually use a select star while querying from tables because I know that it creates a challenge whenever you add a new column you can trust your developers they are pretty smart anyways if you plan to add a new column, it is highly recommended that you gather the table stats manually. A good idea would be to add the column in the test database and then you test the database performance and see how your queries react and then only you proceed further to add the column into the production database. Alright, let's move on to the next question. How to handle heavy concurrent environment in Oracle? What architecture solutions can you provide to achieve exceedingly good performance? Honestly if I were you I'm not sure what the interviewer means by the heavy concurrent environment because if I was sitting in the interview I would have definitely asked the interviewer like what exactly do they mean by heavy concurrent environment because If you personally ask me heavy concurrent environment could mean a lot of selects or heavy uh, DML operations like insert, update, delete, or probably there is a spike in the number of database sessions. It's really hard to answer this kind of question when we have such uh, little details provided but I'll try my best to give as much info as possible and guys all these solutions depend Uh, based on the scenario, based on the environment, based on the size of the database. I do not say that all the recommendations that I'm going to give you can apply to any database, it depends. So be very careful uh, in choosing the solution. The first thing that you can do is you can offload all the uh, select statements onto an active data guard in case you have an active data guard configuration. You can implement table level partition so that you create multiple partitions from a very big table. You can always offload ARM backups onto a physical standby. That will keep the CPU load pretty low on the primary database. And that also helps your Oracle database get more CPU in order to process database queries. Next, you can implement database level services so that you can direct the different user queries to the respective databases. For example, if there is a select statement that is auto redirected to Active Data Guard, if you have a, a DML operations that are directed directly to the uh, production database, if you have any other type of queries that are automatically directed to the logical standby, you can plan your environment. Now, it depends like how would you implement this kind of strategy. Again, it varies from environment to environment. So. Creating database services in order to distribute the workload in an environment is also important. You can also implement strict database level, profile management, roles management, resource management as to how much CPU each session is using, what is the idle time of a user inside the database and how frequently you want to disconnect the session from the database all those stuff you can set in the profile management. You can also go one step ahead in setting up each instance component and giving it a manual value rather than using memory underscore target. So what happens when you use the memory underscore target parameter? With the memory underscore target parameter, what you're actually doing is you're telling Oracle, okay, I'm about to allocate only one GB of RAM to Oracle database instance and within that 1 GB of RAM, Oracle has to perform all the activities. So sometimes it might create a trouble for instance components that they do not get required memory to process the information. It is better in heavy concurrent environments you try to allocate specific values to the shared pool, to the buffer cache and with that definitely there will be an improvement in the way Oracle behaves. So not using memory underscore target is also a good option when you have issues with your environment. Now you might have one more question like Arun, how do I define like what are the correct memory components? See, most of the times when you work on any of the applications, the application guys already know what is the good configuration of the database that is compatible with the application. So in this kind of scenario. What you can do is you can always speak to the application vendor, the person who provides the application and ask them what are your recommended memory settings for Oracle database and that will change the game. Another thing you can do is you can upgrade your database storage from normal hard disks to SSDs. Now as we all know SSDs are faster so what you can recommend is you can always uh, upgrade a normal hard disk to SSD and honestly it won't be easy because you will have to take help of your storage team you need to have a client approval in order to do it sometimes the NAS the network area storage that is being used in your environment it is not at all compatible with SSDs and it requires upgrade of the NAS storage so there are multiple factors to this solution but it depends you can also upgrade the network between the application server and the database server so that let's take you have the normal network and then you upgrade it to fiber net. Definitely the speed between the application and the database will increase and that will also help you uh, manage your heavy concurrent environment. So one important thing that I want to mention is all the suggestions that I have given. I have made a couple of assumptions so that you guys are aware of from which dimension I'm giving all the answers so I assume that in your environment all the SQLs are tuned and everything is working fine already. You already have index rebuild and gather schema stats or table stats scheduled at the non-peak hours. You already have database performance benchmarks, determine so that by looking at those metrics you can say that when your database is performing good and when your database is performing bad and your database application is already tuned to avoid deadlocks and database locks. Now that being said I would definitely want to add couple of more ideas over here in case your client has no budget constraints your client says okay Arun uh, I mean you just give us the best solutions possible and we have the budgets uh, don't worry about the budgets then definitely I would recommend a couple of other things for an environment where you have heavy concurrent transactions. I mean what client can do in this kind of scenario is they can maintain multiple databases like one in US, one in uh, Europe, one in Asia, probably in Singapore and one in Dubai. So this way what client can do is whenever they have their customers query They direct the customer to the nearest database like all the Asia people will be directed to the Singapore database, all the uh, Middle East people will be directed to the Dubai database, all the Europe and African customers will be directed to the uh, UK database and North America, South America will be directed to the American uh, database. Now having multiple databases is a good idea in terms of having shorter customer distance to travel alright because customer uh, customer query will have to travel short distance in order to get the output but there is again a load on maintaining the sync between all these databases for that they will have to definitely implement Golden Gate in order they can have bi-directional replication on all the primary databases so that any query that happens in North America is also available on the Singapore database now as mentioned earlier client has already told us that there is no budget constraints now this idea can only be used when the client is having a global presence like probably an amazon definitely amazon does the same thing let's look at the flip side what if there is a business which runs only in north america and they are experiencing heavy concurrent environment so they cannot use this kind of strategy of having multiple databases one in singapore one in europe right in this kind of situation what they can do is in order to avoid heavy concurrent transactions is they can configure oracle rack so that they can reduce the load balancing of the sessions sessions are distributed on multiple nodes and then they get the output from the asm or the shared storage All in all, I'm really not sure what the interviewer means by heavy concurrent environment but I try to give you as much information as I had. So let's move on. The next question we have is, how can I check active background processes inside an Oracle session? I guess what you can do is uh, you can write a query which joins between V$ background process and V$ session. You join those two views to get the answer and I would request you to go on to support.dbgenesis.com. This is the website where we have all the scripts related to Oracle database. You can just search uh, any script, take that script, run into your database and you will get the direct output. Of course, in case if you face a challenge, definitely write back to us and we will try to repair these scripts for you, of course. That being said, let's move on to the next question. What are the things you must consider before upgrading a database in real time? Alright, there are many things that you need to consider when upgrading an Oracle database. Understand this guys, upgrade is a critical activity. It's not an easy task, you just can't open a step-by-step document and just do a Control c Control v and upgrade will happen. There are multiple components that work together to form your Oracle Database. Now you need to take care of all those components in order to perform the proper upgrade. So basically it all starts with application compatibility. You need to first check if your application is really compatible with the Oracle Database or not. There's no point in upgrading an Oracle Database when the application is not compatible with your database. For example if Let's take XYZ application is running on your Oracle Database 9i and you plan to upgrade it to probably 12c. When you get back to the application vendor and ask them, is your application compatible on Oracle 12c? So if they say no, then there's no point in upgrading the application, sorry, the database. All in all the first step in upgrading an Oracle database is to first check what is the application compatibility. So if there is no application compatibility you cannot perform the database upgrade. I guess the next would be the upgrade path like what method you will use to perform the database upgrade. There are multiple methods of database upgrade like DBU method and there is also a manual database upgrade method which is my favorite. So it depends which method you have to use, Uh, you have to define that method. The next would be uh, defining the new oracle home location because most of the times when you perform the database upgrade you will have new oracle home location and if you have new oracle home location you will have to make changes to the bash profile, you will also have to make changes to the scripts wherever you use oracle home path. So you have to remove the old oracle home path and uh, embed the new oracle home path in all the scripts. Apart from the new Oracle home location, you will also have to define the rollback plan. What if your upgrade fails? How will you roll back your database? How will you get the original database back? Also while defining the database upgrade strategy, you also have to define the backup strategy during the upgrade process. Like what all stages you will be taking up the backup of the database and what if something goes wrong, how will you recover the database? Also in real time you will have to purge the recycle bin. If you don't purge the recycle bin of the database definitely your upgrade will complain. One more recommendation that I have personally is you must perform the upgrade in the test environment and once the upgrade is successful in the test environment then only perform the upgrade in the production environment. Now you might say Arun these are pretty basic stuff what could be pretty more important things when it comes to upgrade. The most important one is to gather database stats because that will improve the performance while you perform the database upgrade. So if your database stats are up to the mark then your database will upgrade pretty fast. I mean it won't waste time in once again gathering the database stats. Make sure all the materialized views, refreshes are completed before you plan to upgrade the database and also make sure no files inside the database are kept in begin backup mode and also you have to make sure no file inside the database needs recovery even before performing the upgrade and last but not least you must create a guaranteed flashback restore point because this helps you flashback to the exact current state of your database in just one shot. You need not worry about the arm and recovery, you need not worry about restoring from the arm and backup that you have taken before the upgrade activity. Just create a guaranteed flashback restore point just before you start the upgrade activity. And once you have this flashback restore point, let's take are performing the upgrade and over here you have an issue. You can with one just command flashback database to the guaranteed restore point before upgrade, that's the name of the restore point. So, flashback database before upgrade and boom you are back to the same state where you started the database upgrade i think that's the quickest way to perform a rollback in any database upgrade all right let's move on what are the different upgrade methods available very simple two of them I just told like DBUA database upgrade assistant is one of the upgrade methods the other one is the manual database upgrade method which is my favorite also guys many people also use export import as their upgrade method but again there are limitations and constraints why you would go for export import method I'll give you one quick example let's take you have Windows machine And on Windows machine you're running a small Oracle database. Now you want to upgrade the Oracle database from 11g to 12c and you also want to migrate from Oracle to probably Linux. Now in this kind of scenario it's a good idea to perform export import so what you do is on your Linux machine you install Oracle 12c. On your Windows machine where you have 11g database you perform an export and perform an import into the 12c database which is running on linux so what you have done in this kind of example is you have performed the database upgrade via export and import and you have also performed the platform migration from windows to linux now in these kind of situations you might choose to go for export and import again guys there are limitations to export and import Uh, i mean It's not as easy as I'm saying. Definitely in case if you want to consider export import as your upgrade method, make sure you read all the terms and conditions of the export import and then only choose this method. I guess one more method, I mean, I haven't used it, but we can use it as database upgrade Uh, probably would be Oracle transportable table spaces where we move the table spaces from one database to the other database. Alright, let's move on. So what if I set ARMEN retention policy to none? Now my question to you would be why would you choose to set ARMEN retention policy to none? I won't recommend it and don't even try to do it in any of your databases whether it is test or production database. If you just want to know the answer Then good but don't try to use it. In this kind of situation what will happen you know your control file record keep time which is generally the 30 days your backups will only be valid until your control file record keep time parameter so whatever your control file record keep time parameter is which is by default 30 days your backups will only be valid till 30 days and all the backups which are aged out of those 30 days will not be of no use once again on a very critical note if you just wanted to know the answer good but don't try to use it or put the retention policy to none in any of your databases except if you have except if you have the uh, recovery catalog configured so let's move on the next question that we have is fra location has space available at os level but still Oracle edit log throws error FRA location running out of space. This is a challenge with FRA location. I think most of you might have seen this FRA location running out of space error. Even though FRA location at OS level will have the space, but still your Oracle database will complain saying like FRA location is running out of space. Now, why this happens? See, your FRA location is probably set to maybe U02 or U03. Let's consider U02. So U02 is having 100 GB of disk space that's the size of the U02 mount point and your FRA location inside the database we can assign the size to the FRA location that is probably 50 GB. Now that is done by uh, I think the parameter is db recovery file destination. So db recovery file destination size. With that parameter let's take if that parameter is set to 50 GB Even though the disk is having 100 GB space, Oracle considers that it is allowed to use only 50 GB. So when Oracle has used 48 GB of space on the U02 mount point, Oracle will start throwing errors saying like, hey, there is less disk space in the FRA location. Now, what you can do is you do not need to increase the space on the mount point that is U02 because it already has 100 GB space. But you need to increase this parameter inside the database which is db recovery file destination size. So change it from 50 GB to maybe 100 GB and whenever you have FRA location getting full complaints from the Oracle database just try to check two things. One definitely you have to check the mount point space and the second one is db recovery file destination size. And 99.9% of the times I have seen the issues with this parameter because the disk will always have the space but this parameter will create the problem because Oracle thinks I am authorized to use only 50 GB or whatever size you set in the parameter from the entire disk. I hope that helps. Alright let's move on. The next question we have is do I need to set up backups for Recovery Catalog 2? Look at this question in this way. For every Oracle database, you must set up backups, right? Now, understand this one. Your recovery catalog is also another Oracle database. So, why not? It's as simple as that. Now, don't argue or complain like, okay, Arun, if we set up uh, backups for recovery catalog, then do I need to set up another recovery catalog for the recovery catalog? I mean, that's heights of stupidity because it will get inside an infinite loop, you're setting a backup strategy for the catalog and setting another catalog server for the uh, existing catalog server, I think it goes on and on and on. But it doesn't work like that. Just set up the backup strategy for your catalog server and that's it. I mean you don't need to re-catalog it to some other database. Not required. Alright, let's move on. So the last question of the day is. How can I trigger cold backups in Oracle multi-tenant environment? I'm just thinking, why would you need to trigger a cold backup when you have Armin? But there can be one situation when you trigger cold backups is uh, either you are decommissioning the database, you are not using the Oracle database anymore and the application is going to shut down or probably you are decommissioning the database and you just want to take a final cold backup and shut down the database. I think those are the scenarios when generally clients prefer to take cold backups. Now if that's the scenario then my answer to you would be forget about whether it is multi-tenant database or a normal database. The backup strategy works one and the same. So in this kind of situation what I would recommend is you shut down the database find all the data files locations just copy them find the control file locations, copy them, find the SP file location, copy them to your backup location and done. Otherwise if you want to use RMAN for taking cold backup you can do that by putting the database in mount mode and fire the entire container database backup and done. Because if you have the database backup while it is in mount mode it is already considered as a cold backup and a complete backup because you don't need recovery. And we all know Armin works in mount mode. Now some DBAs can argue saying like Arun we can also take an export of the entire database and keep it. Guys understand exports are not considered as database backups because most of the times exports are bad when it comes to sequences. When it comes to taking the backup of sys triggers. Now let's take as a sys user you might have created a lot of triggers and those triggers will be missed when it comes to performing database exports. So that's all for today guys. I highly encourage you to put down all your questions, doubts, comments below this video so that I can pick up those questions and answer all of your queries in probably the next or maybe upcoming videos. If you are listening to this via podcast, I request you to send all your questions to support at the rate dbagenesis.com that's our email. I will try to answer as many questions as possible. I apologize in advance in case if I miss some of your questions, but trust me guys, every single question that I'll be picking up from all the emails and messages that I'll be getting Definitely, each one of us will be benefited from every single question. But I will try my best to answer as many questions as possible in our upcoming episodes. Stay tuned and now the bonus question. Alright, so I have this one question which says uh, my query is running slow, what can I do? guys I think uh, this is an open-ended question the biggest problem with these kind of questions is like uh, it's like my car is running slow and what could be the issue now there could be issue with the air pressure in the tires or there could be issue with the engine or there could be issue with the uh, driver maybe there is a new driver on board so I really can't answer these kind of questions until we have more data inside the database so I guess I think the first thing you must check is the indexes because most of the times a lot of performance issues are resolved by database indexes or the table indexes which you are talking about and then the stats related to the schema or the table or the entire database stats. Check whether you have scripts in your environment which are gathering schema or the database stats on a regular interval like every Saturday midnight or Sunday midnight. Also check Whatever the query that Oracle is complaining or the application team is complaining that it is running poorly, if that query is having any kind of join conditions, you need to work on those join conditions in order to fine tune uh, the SQL statement, or probably not exactly, but one. 1 in 100 databases will have issues with the database buffer cache. Now if that's your case, you need to look at the database buffer cache and see how it's working and see how you can tune the database buffer cache. So probably these are my recommendations and I guess guys uh, with these kind of open ended questions, it's really hard to give a right answer. I would recommend you whenever you are putting your questions in the comments below this video or sending me an email to support at the rate give me as much details as possible so that I can provide you right answers. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed this show and also like the bonus question. Keep commenting below this video and I will see you in the next show. Bye.